0: Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio, Stone Peyton Lee Cantor here with you this morning. Today's episode is brought to you in part by the Business Radio X Studio Partner Program, equipping franchisors to help franchisees dominate their local market. For more information on leveraging the Business Radio X platform to help more people and make more money, go to mybrxstudio.com. Lee, this is going to be a fantastic segment. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast CEO and founder with Premium
1: Service Brands, Mr. Paul Flick. Good morning, sir.
0: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, Paul, before we get too far into things, tell us about Premium Service Brands. How are you serving, folks?
0: Sure. Um, So Premium Service Brands is a holding company for six individual franchise systems, all in the home service industry, from painting to garage doors, handyman, uh, kitchen organization, uh, wood and concrete restoration, and then maid service as well. So it's a wide range of services to uh, the home.
1: Now, how did this uh, start? Did you start with one of them and just kind of organically evolved into the other services?
0: Yeah, correct. So I started with 360 Painting um, back in uh, late 2006. And then uh, from there, I organically started two other franchise systems, uh, which is Handyman Pro and ProLift Garage Doors. And then we've done three acquisitions as well, uh, which is Made Right was our first one. Uh, second one was Kitchen Wise. And uh, the most recent one is Renew Crew. So it's been a combination of organic uh, growth and then growth through acquisition as well.
1: Now, when you started um, in the business, did you always think that this is going to be a franchise empire you're building? Or was it just like, hey, let me just get this painting thing going?
0: No, I always had the vision of uh, having multiple franchise brands uh, with the same end user. Um, So it was it was painting. I knew painting, I knew franchise uh, franchising at the time, but always had the vision that wanted multiple uh, brands so we could scale and leverage our end user, which is um, a middle to upper income, single family homeowner. And once we had one service we were providing to that uh, end user, we're able to provide them additional services by cross selling and marketing to them.
1: So once you crack the code on how to um, uh, reach and serve this uh, homeowner, then all these complimentary services just organically makes sense. It's just part of the evolution of your company.
0: Exactly. So if we, you know, happen to be painting your house, then you're somebody who will outsource and hire companies to provide services on your home. So if we've got a happy customer that's being serviced by 360 painting, that's typically a customer that's going to have another company clean their house or do handyman work around their house. So uh, we're able to you know, leverage that customer uh, from one service and cross-market and sell to them the other services uh, within our brand.
1: And then that lowers the acquisition cost of a customer for the other brands.
0: Absolutely. There was really no additional cost. Um uh, you know to to get another service, so that does bring down your customer acquisition costs. absolutely,
1: and then, for you as kind of the empire builder, are you looking always for these complementary services like I don't see like landscaping or pool uh like are you looking for those other kind of maybe emerging franchise in those spaces so that you can add them to your portfolio?
0: Yes, always, so we have two right now that we're looking at um we just completed, as I said, renew crew uh I guess three weeks ago, and October first we did kitchen wise so we won't do anything immediately, uh but we do have two that we're looking at that we could uh you know possibly bring into the fold in say uh quarter two
1: now, for you when you're looking for a franchisee when you first started is it different now uh now that you have all these other brands, are you looking for someone that's gonna say, okay? Maybe I'll start with one, but I'm going to eventually get two or three more complimentary brands as part of their kind of empire they're building in their local market.
0: Yeah, no question. We're looking for, you know, empire builders, people that are well-capitalized, good skill set, uh, you know, through organization, communication skills. And instead of them coming in and say buying, you know, two or three territories of 360 painting, what I want them to do is share my vision of. By one territory of three sixty painting, then you know buy a territory which is identical for made right uh, and then kitchen wise and handyman pro and start stacking them uh, versus going wide and being able to reduce your customer acquisition cost by leveraging that end user
1: now is there a person that they're hiring under kind of the boots on the ground to do the work? Is that same painter the handyman like are you able to use kind of no. the same so these are totally di- those employees are totally different.
0: Yeah, they are and the, either some of them are employees, some of them are 1099 contractors um, but they are different. they' are very specific to their skills. So we've got you know cleaners that are just cleaning homes. we've got painters that just paint homes, handyman people that are doing the electrical or the plumbing or installation of flooring Th- that's a specific uh, crew as well.
1: Now, uh, when you're kind of prospecting for the ideal franchisee candidate, how are they revealing themselves to you? Is it um, like what's the profile of that person?
0: Somebody who's been a middle topper uh, management, um, you know, probably for the last 20, 25 years, has, you know, capital and a skill set for them to properly market the territory um, and then obviously be able to drive the business and drive revenue uh, by managing the other, you know, crews
1: that they have. So if these people are, are they in typical white collar professions?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I would say 95% of all of our franchise partners have come from a white collared um, management background.
1: Now, how does your training work in terms of getting somebody that's been around an ecosystem of white collar folks to get more of the blue collar folks that are doing the actual labor in their market?
0: Yeah, so we've got four weeks of training whenever we have a new franchise partner come on board. The first week is what we call onboarding. Uh, they're introduced to our vendor partners. Uh, they're obviously getting onboarded, uh, onto our software platform. Um, and things like Career Plug is one vendor partner that, uh, we use to, um, you know, get those blue collar workers, um, as well as leveraging our vendor partners. They know you know, the painters that are looking for work. They know uh, the garage door technicians. So we really leverage our vendor partner. Then we have two weeks of virtual training, uh, which is, encompasses marketing, sales, recruiting. And then we have one week of classroom training at our head office in Charlottesville, Virginia. So there's a total of four weeks of training. So they're properly prepared, business plan done, uh, recruiting plan, budgets, uh, revenue and sales goals, and then they're ready to execute at the local level. After that,
1: now what's the biggest mental shift they have to go through when they are coming from this kind of? Sometimes, you know, they're the the big brand. They they work for a big company that with a you know a, a logo that the world may know, and then they're going into this and they're kind of Bob the you know the painting guy. And how how does do you help them make that shift? to kind of reposition themselves in order to serve their local market?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And I think, you know, if you're talking about a brand that's been recognized by the world or, you know, by the community, whether that's Coca-Cola and IBM, etc. cetera, um, when they step out of that, they don't have that structure. And I think that's their biggest fear, you know, because those big companies have a lot of structure around them so we've built a lot of structure in all of our brands um, whether that's driven by software whether that's a franchise coach that they can uh talk to or the four weeks of training so once they get in and they see the structure that's around them that's that 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 is what they're looking for because that's what they came from uh but there's a lot of fear before getting into uh you know getting that feeling that there is structure around me and support
1: now, what about the, um, maybe, maybe it's a not a, a real uh, concern, but it's a concern that they might have of going from, Hey, this is a high prestige. I work for, like you said, IBM or Coca Cola. And now I'm the painter, like uh, that status shift. Um, how do you help them manage that?
0: Yeah. You know, the, as far as they're not the painter, like we're not looking for somebody that wants to get up on a ladder and swing a brush. We want them working on the business, not in it. And we always equate it to what they really are is a sales and marketing company and the service they happen to be providing is painting or made service. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we, I, I get why some people look at it and go, Oh, 360 painting. I don't want to paint, but that's not what they're doing. They're, they're managing crews, they're executing their marketing plan, you know, they're dealing with customers. Um, so it, it, the, I, I guess once you get an opportunity to talk with them, that perception changes.
1: And then do you get these leads? Are they primarily nowadays, I would imagine, through the internet or do you use franchise brokers? Like how does that person get on your radar?
0: It. Yeah, a combination of both. Uh, we are definitely... Uh, in most of uh, the broker systems, you know, FranChoice, Net, FCC. Um, but then we also have our own campaigns where we get them to get franchise prospects direct uh, through our website as well.
1: And then um, has anyone cracked the code on making good franchise candidates bubble up? I talked to a lot of franchisors and that just seems to be something that uh, it's a challenge.
0: What do you mean bubble up?
1: What like, just like have the, your pipeline as filled as you'd like them to be. Oh, for prospects? Or right, for, for franchisee prospects. Actual,
0: oh, I, I mean, you know, we've got, uh, currently five franchise development, uh, executives with the company selling all six of our brands. Uh, we could always be busier. Um, but, uh, we've got a great pipeline and, I think I attribute that a lot to, you know, happy, successful franchise partners out there that have a good validation and, um, you know, we've got a good reputation for success with, uh, franchise candidates.
1: And then, uh, when you started this, you started with one brand and, and with an eye on multiple. Is the vision going as you anticipated? It,
0: it is, you know, obviously when I started with 360 Painting, it was in late 06. Uh, and then, you know, we had the, single biggest downturn since uh the great depression economically and so that's slowed sort of my vision but um you know since 2015 uh when we started prolift garage doors um you know it's moved fairly rapidly over the last four or five years going from really one brand now to six brands uh so now it is sort of on back on track
1: now, any advice for a person that's an emerging franchisor and they're thinking about uh, expanding their brand? Do you uh, this complementary multiple brand strategy seems to have legs for your group? Is that something that somebody should consider?
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's a great. You know, I I I think the what you can leverage and scale by having multiple brands versus a single, you know, brand. Um, there's a lot of opportunity for synergies and, and becoming more efficient. So I think it's a great business model. Obviously, I wouldn't be doing it. Um, but it requires, you know, a lot of capital, uh, uh, you know, to, to put something like this in place.
1: And then when you're building the brand and the person of the person who uses it, did, so do you kind of have a brand manager for each brand that somebody is kind of looking over and, um, you know, protecting each brand individually?
0: We do, yeah. We have a, we call them brand leads, uh, and then we have franchise coaches that are specific to those brands. Um, so what we have is premium service brands becomes a shared entity for marketing, for technology, for accounting, for legal. Um, and but the individual brands have brand leads and individual coaches within the brands that are specific to those brands and industries.
1: So you're treating each one kind of as a unique entity in terms of they have a certain way of doing what they do individually and you just are able to kind of consolidate some of the operation stuff that they all share. Um, Yeah. Right. So then exactly that coach might be the expert in garage doors and to help you get your Mm -hmm. garage door business going. And, you know, the handyman guy might be a little different because that's a different way of doing things.
0: Yeah, you've got a little different, you know, with each brand, um, but there's a lot of overlap in terms of the marketing, um, in terms of the software. All of our uh, brands are on the same platform. Um, so you, you're you able to leverage training, legal, marketing, and you're able to share, you know, if if something's working in uh, 360 painting marketing-wise, then I want to be able to share those best practices with KitchenWise. So we get a lot of leverage and synergies and best practices out of the shared uh, resources of premium service brands.
1: And also from the franchisee standpoint, I would imagine it makes their job simpler because they don't have to learn new software for the maid company or new accounting for the painting, like it's all under the same kind of roof.
0: That, that's correct. And then we give them functionality to, to where they can, you know, do their own drift email campaigns, uh, to those customers if they have multiple brands.
1: So how many brands do you think you're going to end up with when, when you're closer to the end of the story?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know when the story's over. <laughs> um, you know, I would, I'd like to see somewhere between 12 and 15. Uh, you know, but I want to make sure that th- they are complementary, that they have the same end user. And I want to make sure that we're, you know, managing our growth and not stretching ourselves too thin as well. So 12 to 15, probably, um, you know, in the next uh, five to 10 years.
1: Good stuff. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and congratulations on all the growth and um, and the success.
0: Well, I appreciate your time and uh, thanks for having me and I hope you have a great weekend.
1: Now, if somebody wanted to learn more about um, any of the brands, is there a website that uh, kind of give them, gives them the lay of the land of your whole um, empire?
0: Yeah, I think uh, the best place to go would be premiumservicebrands, plural, premiumservicebrands.com.
1: Good stuff. Well, Paul, thank you so much for sharing your story again.
0: Thank you. Have a great day. All
1: right. This is Lee Cantor for Stone Payton. We will see you all next time on Franchise Marketing Radio.